Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Wizards, Warriors and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. I'm Jed Hearn, author of Fires of the Dead, and I'm joined by my co-host, starting with Mike Fletcher. Uh, Michael R. Fletcher, author of Blackstone Heart and stuff. Uh, I think it's me. I'm, I'm Rob J. Hayes, author of, I'm going to go with this one, City of Kings, which nobody has ever read. One of my favorite uh, covers of yours. Yeah, I love that cover. This is a terrible fantasy cover. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a beautiful cover. I love it. It's a terrible yeah. fantasy cover. Agreed. Don't emulate it. Agreed. <laughs> uh, have you thought about rebranding? Yeah, I've, I actually have. I've thought about rebranding the entire uh, six book saga, uh, First Earth Saga, um, with more covers that are more in line with each other, basically, and probably more um, uh, sellable. There's, an, there's another episode we need to do. Covers. Yes. covers. Covers. Absolutely. Can we, can we get Felix on that? Yeah, yeah we'll get Felix oh, yeah. on for sure. He'll come on. All right. And uh, Dirk, our last host, do you want to introduce yourself? I am Dirk Ashton. And the author of the Paternus Trilogy. Fantastic. And last episode, I promised that we were going to talk about openings. Instead, we spent the entire episode just talking about opening lines, um, which goes to show how much there is to discuss on this topic. So this episode will be about more opening stuff. So our first chapter and our first couple of chapters specifically, basically, how do you write a good beginning that hooks readers and hopefully gets them into your story? Um, so Rob, what kind of the things that you're considering when you're constructing your opening chapters prologues all prologues. the prologues oh everything boy. must have Here a prologue go. i hate prologues but continue even if it's <laughs> only two sentences right yep doesn't matter uh well we're encroaching there uh no uh prologues i love them um i i tend to use them um to set uh the plot basically to what well, to introduce the the plot um if you look at um Let's go with my latest Pawn's Gambit. Gambit. Um, I, I use the prologue literally to set up the plot of there is this, this 
contest that's um, that's going on where the the gods of the world are trying to choose a new king, um, and they do it by selecting uh, a mortal to play a game basically for them. Uh, this sort of scavenger hunt that they have to go and do, and that that's that's the general plot of the book, and it is literally introduced in the prologue uh, via the perspective of a god. Um, and I mean, part of that is because with the Mortal Techniques books, uh, one thing I wanted to do was have the, the plot very evident from the beginning. Um, it's the same in, in, in Never Die, not in the prologue, obviously, but in Never Die, I think by the end of the second chapter, you know the plot of the book. Um, so I, I like to introduce it early on um, so people aren't sitting there wondering what the plot of the book is, what's the point? Um, so yeah, for, for me, I like to use prologues to introduce introduce one of uh, one of the characters and maybe the plot, and then I, I like to sort of like introduce the main character um, in chapter one, basically. That's a, a general gist. I think that's a, a good point you bring up about actually like establishing the tone early on. In your case, making sure that readers know what the overall plot is going to be because then it means that the people who enjoy that stuff are going to continue reading all your book and the people who don't enjoy that stuff are going to stop at that stage and not you know get 50 percent through and then stop then and then maybe leave an angry review because your book was something different from what they were expecting so oh i, I get those all the time anyway yeah yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah that's um that's a good point to um the idea of um, letting them know the kind of thing, the kind of story they're going to get into. There's a really good, uh, uh, in a previous episode, I talked about the writing uh, book that helped me with my craft, um, how to read novels like a professor. Jed brought it up in the last episode and uh, he has a really great point um, about how the first a uh, few pages are really about, uh, even though they're about um, setting up, you have to give a hint at least of the world, uh, when it is, where it is, um, uh, what kinds of characters, creatures, uh, things might be involved. Um, you can, you can, you know, there are any number of things you can do with an opening chapter. Um, but he said it's honestly it's it's most important role is to teach them how to read this book um, in the way you write your prose um, in the way that you you structure things so if you're going to do things like I do which is uh, a bit of what's called head hopping because it's more of a an omniscient point of view mo a lot of the time uh, the camera will zoom in to tight thirds um, but uh, it will also come back out and, and know what everybody's thinking and seeing and doing at some points at, at, at the farthest point. Um, so I, I knew that I was going to be doing that. And once I read that book, I went back and made sure that I put some of the weird things that I was going to do in that first chapter to ease them in to what they could expect coming through. Um, like there's there's a part where a, where a character um, Kabir in the first chapter comes out 
and we're following him in a in a in more of a uh, a close third uh, point of view. And he speaks to a couple of guys, and then he walks away. But the camera stays with them, right? Um, so even though he's gone and we've been with him, now we're with just these guys, and they speak a few lines. Um, so that's the kind of thing you really wouldn't see in a true strict tight third um, that starts to e edge more into the omniscient um, point of view um, or the way I like to think it a free interact indirect discourse or, or a floating camera kind of point of view so uh, you want to if you're going to do things like that you want to do that then um, it's a bad idea to do something in do the first chapter in first person if the rest of the book is not going to be in first person if the rest is going to be in third person i've seen that um with where you know they do an opening or a prologue uh in a different tense present tense instead of past tense things like that if you're going to do things like that um you need to do that later uh because you're, you're, you're setting up your, uh, your reader to expect something for the rest of the book, and then you change it for the whole rest of the book, right? Um, uh, that would just, that's just my advice for what it's worth. Yeah, when you say that, I, I've certainly seen a few books recently that, that play with, um, especially perspectives, like you have certain chapters which are by first person and mm -hmm. other chapters by third person and yeah but and you want to be careful about how you open the book when you do that though um was kind of my point mm. uh very often like i'll even do some things that are different later in the book um but uh it can be really jarring now if you do the first one in first person second one in third person then the third chapter in first person, then people will start to get the idea. But if you're just kind of haphazardly bouncing back and forth, um, that can get really, really confusing. So I would say then use those first two and three chapters to teach your, your, your reader how to, how to read the book if it's going to be something that goes on longer. Does that make sense, Rob? Yes. Yes. Oh, no, it does absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think it's it comes back down to just like establishing expectations, and that is in terms of you know what kind of tense can you expect, what kind of tone is this thing. It's probably going to be weird if your first chapter is like you know this really like gritty thing with lots of people dying, and then the rest of the book is like just this very light-hearted, fluffy adventure. Maybe that can work, but the people who like the gritty stuff are going to be feeling like you lied to them and you set up false promises. Fletcher and totally people... gets away with that and beyond redemption. <laughs> oh, yeah. all, I mean, people fluff, that don't make bunnies. it the first chapter don't realize it's about bunnies and unicorns for the, you know, with <laughs> there you go. Rainbows. It's, all, it's all rainbows, it's rainbows, and... happy rainbows and Skittles coming out of their butts. It sounds kind I mean, of horrific. It, 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 I, I, was, I was waiting for Fletcher to chime in and just be like, it's all about tone. Um, I mean, how, how far into Beyond Redemption before characters start spitting? <laughs> First chapter, right off. Snotty nose. Second line. Snotty actually, nose. It might actually be that. I, I can't remember. Snotty nose, dirty, matted hair, and spitting. First chapter. From yeah. memory, when I actually opened up the book, there was a, a big spit just on the first page. And that really established a tone for me. So 
Somebody spit on the first page of your book. There was yeah, I think Fletcher. You know, you he know did how every single is, book. Yeah, that, like, that I know how some sign their books. Fletcher like <laughs> puts a bit of his mucus in every book. Why not? Well, okay, we, we're not going to go there. Then, and then finger paints his uh, signature. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sorry, Fletch. You want to? Do you want to talk a little bit about how you um, consider? Yeah. Okay. It's not all about spit <laughs> or tone, Rob. It's not. It's more about snot. snot. So, all right. We talked a lot last episode about first lines. Um, first lines are like your initial hook. That's your like you're getting you're getting into the flesh of the reader and you're going come with me you little fucker you gotta read you gotta read a little bit more now because you've re- what's Rob holding pa- up what what page is that that's page four but it's the, it's the second page of the first chapter uh, <laughs> Rob is looking uh, at the redemption for the first it, reference dust from the road tickled Bidek's already raw throat and he sneezed spraying a wad of bright green <laughs> snot from his nostrils. <laughs> <laughs> Mucus fans, there you go. You have found Corn the perfect book. all about snot. It's all about snot. So, but the first chapter, once you get past the first <coughs> line, the first chapter, it's your hook. You are, I mean, uh, Dirk talked about, you know, s- setting expectations and stuff. Uh, but I mean, my approach, what I see the first chapter as. It, it's really dragging them on. If if your first chapter, if the end of your first chapter, the reader isn't going, fuck, what? I, I got to read more. Then you have failed. Yeah. And I think uh, Blackstone Heart might be the first time I kind of really got that right. Oh, um, is it your prologue? Absolutely nails it. It's it's brilliant. Did I write a prologue? For I think it, is it a prologue? What? There's no prologue. No, no. Hold no. on. I got, luckily, I, I have a copy. Wait, wait, I heard an I oh shit there's a prologue i put a prologue <laughs> in my own book and i hate prologues son of a bitch it's a really good prologue fuck it i is. suck at this it's a good it's a brilliant prologue which i totally remember you are a great author but a terrible michael r fletcher i am, I am not good at being him just further evidence that mike doesn't actually write his own books and they're all by rob because son rob knew way bitch. more about what was going on there than you did it's embarrassing. Uh, no, I back that. Like, even though books I haven't read, even books I haven't written a while ago, I've like already forgotten so many things that happen in them. But yeah, it does have a prologue. There you go. Yeah, I, I wrote that like three years ago. I can't be expected to remember yeah. something for three years. And you Beyond Redemption. Oh my God, that was 2009 I wrote that? Like, Oof. you were like 12. <laughs> <laughs> That's wasn't why even Michael Fletcher back in those was, days. The little little boy, little little kids Wait, are obsessed I? with snot and farts and shitting themselves. So that's 11. why. Yeah. Now we know. Yeah, that he did that for me. He knew even then that I would come along to tease him about snot, and he was uh, trying to trying to put things in that would appeal to me at the time, so that I would be a fan when I reached him. But I wasn't reading Beyond Redemption when I was eleven, unfortunately. So. In 2009. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I, I'm pretty sure it comes with a warning not for uh, human consumption. <laughs> <laughs> like a parental advisory warning label on the front. Look, look how young that guy looks on the back of the book. Like, who the fuck is that even? <laughs> oh, baby face. Oh my god. I oh, used wow. to be Aww. I used to look okay. You're wearing like I a know. suit and stuff. You are a hottie. Look at that. I yeah. went south hard. <laughs> Rob and I have dueling covers. 
they're holding up copies of uh, Beyond Redemption at the moment for our <laughs> audio listeners. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the the key thing with opening chapters for me is to try to somehow create your story in miniature. So it what I mean by that is that with the opening chapter from the Thunder mm-hmm. Heist, it is essentially a prison break scene. The main character wakes up in this prison and you think they're about to be executed and stuff happens. And it is a reflection of the wider book as a whole, which is a high story where things happen, things fail, and they might actually not really be failures, but might be intended parts of the plan. And all of these things are sort of foreshadowed in the opening chapter where you see the main character's ability to kind of like plan to get out of these difficult situations and to problem solve. And it also kind of shows you hints about the world as well in terms of some of the, the mutants that are there, the kind of key political forces and different groups that are sort of going around. Um, And sort of like Rob was talking about before, if you enjoy that opening chapter, there's a pretty good likelihood that you're going to enjoy the rest of the book because what I've basically done is almost write a kind of short story that encapsulates the, the tone and the themes and sort of the plot of the book, but in a kind of smaller scale setting. Um, And for me, that's been a useful way to consider just starting your book off in general is like, what is the essence of my story? Okay, this story is about someone, you know, doing heists and problem solving and outwitting a much stronger opponent. How can I create an opening chapter that doesn't necessarily give away what's going to happen in the story, but explores sort of, you know, a little bit of similar things in such a way that it sort of foreshadows and sets up what kind of story we can expect. That's, I hadn't even, that's, you know, I now remember that I've heard that sort of thing, but I actually am thinking that I kind of did that with. Yeah, in Paternus, that's what it is, man. Like you have this opening yeah, chapter where kind of yeah, there's a there's a character who's we find out is pretty tough, and then they run into a really scary thing that scares even them, and that's basically how the whole series goes, yeah. right, Rob? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's funny is that the, the first chapter. Um, so what I, what I really wanted to do was one, give a people of idea, an idea of how to read this, um, what kinds of things to expect for another, I wanted to start hinting at without saying it outright, hinting at the idea that this character that we're following might not be human. Um, because the books are about, um, the, the basically based the, the idea that the myths are real and some of these uh, gods and legends from myths from around the world actually have incorporated themselves and live among human beings some hide away somewhere um, and this is a character who's decided to do that but to get the idea through th- some of the things that run through because I hear you know I have inner inner thoughts of the characters um, uh, as opposed to outer thoughts never understood that term um that uh uh that give an idea and then he does at the end of the chapter uh end up being confronted with uh a very frightening uh beastie um that we i don't really describe what what it looks like but um there are some hints to that and and what it might be and uh, I never realized I, I did that. But Jed, you probably don't know. Rob, you probably know that the book uh, that when Paternus was submitted to the SPFBO in 2016, when I first wrote it, those that first and second chapter were switched. 
Um, The first chapter started with Fee walking down the sidewalk, and it was that chapter. And the second chapter was Kabir. Um, And enough people convinced me, and and I absolutely began to believe that those chapters needed to be swapped because the first because that second chapter isn't doesn't quite set the tone for the rest of the novel so and it doesn't have it's it feels too different from what the story really is what Mm. the story really is like um and about so i swapped those two and at the same time that I redid the covers and sales suddenly changed. That doesn't surprise me because it, it is, it's a much more dynamic and visual scene, that, that first chapter. Um, and yeah, it, it sets, the, sets the tone and the theme, to be honest. Yeah. And it, whereas, yeah, the second chapter feels more like a, Oh, this is just some urban fantasy. Da, 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 da. Yes. It's uh, not almost, it's almost just some urban fantasy. Yeah, almost almost YA kind of. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of kind but of the um, way you have it. Yeah, I can't I City like, City of Bones kind of change. feel to it. Hmm. Yeah, here's here's a girl wandering down the street. Da, 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 da. Oh, there's something special about her. Mm-hmm. Um whereas the way you've got it, it just yeah, it drags people straight into into the scene, into the book, and it introduces a threat. And I think that's a major thing, actually. Introducing a threat early on yes. so you know there's yep. something there. It's like you start a, you know, you, you start a book with, with Darth Vader. There you go. You've, you've got a threat. You know that yeah. is it's just this exactly. terrifying thing that is going to be chasing people throughout the entire book. Yes. Um, yeah. So I certainly haven't done that with my upcoming Spirits of Vengeance. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just introduced Darth. Actually, I introduced five Darth Vader's in in the prologue. And, oh uh, hell yes! Actually, this is another thing as well that I wanted to bring up. First of all, Dirk, I'm so glad you changed that around. <laughs> so the much better book with that sequencing. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah, second of all, Rob, like with that story and miniature thing, you also totally do that and never die because basically you've got this this battle scene between you know these two characters with well, like these certain characters with different powers against an overwhelming enemy and at the end of it they die and it sort of like reflects wider things that happen in the wider story without giving away anything spoiler wise it basically is like a smaller version of the template that you're using over the course of the entire narrative so and i yeah. totally planned it <clears throat> absolutely <laughs> honest <laughs> there you go um we're gonna have to wrap this one up soonish but what other kind of things do we want to quickly mention about opening chat oh one thing one thing before we uh, go into the other things as well i think another key thing too that i try to do with my opening chapters is like i really want my readers to feel like they have no choice but to read the first four chapters before they can even think about putting the book down and like i try to That's accomplish right about that. when people put my book down after the- <laughs> <laughs> no i'm serious Good. though i'm serious though because after four chapters you've gone through four different povs and people are like eh, yeah it's pretty polarizing i suppose and they'll either know if they like it or, or dislike it at that stage but what i really try to do is like have you know some some meaningful cliffhangers or some sort of hook that's going to pull people from chapter one through to chapter two and I want to make sure that there's almost some kind of like sequence 
that is drawing them through those opening chapters. And when that sequence ends and I give a chapter closing with some sort of finality and an opportunity for them to put the book down, it's ideally, you know, like a couple of chapters into the book um, so that they have got enough of the story world that they hopefully like it enough to continue or they're not going to continue at all. And I think that's an important thing to consider as well is like just, yeah, as with your opening lines, how you want to make sure they're reading the next few lines, consider how you can draw them through those opening chapters so that you're really giving the best opportunity possible for your story to kind of appeal to readers so that they can hopefully continue on from there. If you get them to chapter four, they're probably committed. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So just really think about how you can have suspense that, that pulls them through there. Hopefully that will then make them get attached to the characters or the world or the plot or whatever. Uh, any other? No, totally agreed. No, I think that's, I mean, set tone, tone, tone and feel. Um, though I have read books that suddenly switch tone in the middle of a chapter and it's like shocking and beautiful. And the rest of the book is just some hellish landscape of survival. And that kind of stuff can be really fascinating too. Yeah. Um, but uh, porno fantasies sometimes start that way. You'll start a specific way and then suddenly people are thrust into into another kind of world where they have to survive basically when they've never had to try before um but uh for the most part yeah you, you want to give people the idea of what kind of book this is and hopefully that's a good we book. Could, like actually stay on topic fairly well there I feel like maybe I, I let everybody down by not derailing things better. I, no, no, I thought we, I'm, we I'm definitely got game. derailed, but it was it was it wasn't you that derailed it. It was actually me by bringing oh, you took Beyond up the slack. Sweet, yeah. thanks, dude. I derailed it with you. Oh, yeah, nicely done. Yeah. I oh, think boy. I did Can a little I just, like, myself. We, we need to do a, uh, a oh challenge the book cover thing. That was me. You and uh, you and Ben Galley, because I mean, you know. Your chapter, your first chapter, you've got a load of spit. Ben's first chapter, he's got a character shitting in a box. <laughs> what book is that? Amanda? That's Chasing Graves. Chasing Graves, Graves. yeah. Yes. Uh, I got to read that. That's this one, Chasing Graves by Ben Galley. Uh, and I can't remember, I don't think it's the end. I think it's literally the beginning of the first chapter is a character shitting in a box. There you go. And then locking the box. Uh-oh. Where does the box <laughs> nice. go? Let's, uh, let's get Ben on and talk about that with him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He'll be like, okay, so you've got me on to talk about like blurbs or something. And we're like, yes, no. we're going to talk about blurbs. So, we promise. Uh, the shit in the box episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where and when should you have uh, bodily functions in a book? We do all the time have... as far as according to Fletcher. No joke. In our brainstorming document, we do actually have an episode titled the bodily fluids episode. And it's been there from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so it's only a matter of time. <laughs> it's coming. Ah, <laughs> uh, poor choice of words. Uh, oh. Maybe episode 100 or something. That can be our celebration. Um, <laughs> anyway, we should probably wrap this one up before it goes any more off the rails than it currently is. I feel like we're off the rails and we're like on horseback going through a canyon now that's flooding. So we're very. It's a lovely, lovely visual <laughs> representation. Yeah, like, there. More, more, like, more like very small burrows. Very small burrows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one Do of we have to be riding horses? Horse. I mean, Dirk should be riding a sloth. <laughs> so he was the first my, to be claimed by the flood my, my main character in this first thing, the opening scene, he's riding a pig on the beach watching dragon riders fly around over the ocean. Oh, hell yes. 
Nice. Riding a pig. Is there any pooping in, in small crates? No. No. See, Jed's just Fix obsessed that. now. <laughs> there will be there will this. there will be a scene where uh, there will be a scene where a kraken um uh stands over a bad guy character and empties its bowels on him. Nice. It wouldn't be a Michael Fletcher book if it was half digested fish and such. <laughs> And I can scarcely wait. All right, we should wrap up this episode. <laughs> it's gone wrong. It's all gone horribly wrong. So bail, bail. It was Mike who saying, "Hey, it hasn't been derailed yet. Let me, uh, let me fix that." Uh, all right. Thank oh you, god! Everybody. If anybody's listened to the last few minutes of this no. episode, oh look at the cute Mando. Uh, all right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. If you would like to support the show, please go to patreon.com forward slash wizards warriors words. And you can check out all of the different bonuses that you can get for supporting the show. Things like free advanced reader copies, um, priority Q&A access, and editorial feedback. And thank you also to our high-tier patron, Daniel Henderson. Cheers for tuning in to Wizards, Warriors, and Words. Did you know that I host another writing advice podcast called The Novel Analyst? Every episode, I analyze one of my favorite books to extract useful writing lessons. You might like to start with episode 46 where I analyze the brilliant dynamics behind Rob J. Hayes' eclectic crew in his grimdark fantasy book, Never Die. Or maybe you'd prefer my episodes on Mistborn, Harry Potter, or The Gutter Prayer. Either way, there's over 50 episodes for you to listen to right now. All you have to do is search for The Novel Analyst on your podcast player, or go to anchor.fm forward slash novel analyst to start listening now. Enjoy. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Wizards, Warriors, and Words.